Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Dialed In. This is a broadcast where we focus on communication, relationships, and personal growth with actionable steps that you can implement immediately to help you live your best life. Our guest today is part of the Big Life series. If this is your first time listening, I'm talking with people who are living life in a big way. Now, when I say big, what I mean is that they're living life using their gifts and talents and doing things they love. Today's guest is Dave Gambrell. Dave helps others unleash their awesome through executive coaching, leadership consulting, and corporate training. He also has a special knack for helping his colleagues monetize their message online through tribe building and digital assets. You can learn more in his digital marketing mentorship Facebook group, which I'm a part of, and it's fabulous, at gambrel.com. It's G-A-M-B-R-I-L-L.com forward slash D as in Dave, M-M. Welcome to the podcast, Dave. Hey, Beth, I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for the invitation. My pleasure. So I, I asked you to come on Dialed In because, well, I see you out there giving people direction and tools that really help them move their business and really their life forward. I, I know I've jokingly referred to you as the value Yoda because, well, I personally learned so much about growing a business and online marketing from you. I think what I'm most excited about today is that I get to share you with others because not only are you passionate about what you do, but you live the things you teach and you're not afraid to share the mindset, the tools and the strategies that have helped you be successful. You truly are living a big life. So as we dive in here, Dave, I have to ask you, has your life always looked this way? Have you always lived big? No, and I think anybody that says yes to that question is lying to you. Um, <laughs> seriously, I, I think, uh, no, I have not. I mean, I did the same thing that most people probably did. They took a script that other people gave them, people who meant well and cared for them and loved them, just like in my case, and said, hey, uh, go to school, get good grades, go to college, get a degree, and then go get a job and uh, sit in a cubicle for 40 years and that company will take care of you forever and then you can retire and live happily ever after. So that was mm-hmm. pretty much the script I was um, living from. I'm sure almost everybody who's listening has probably heard the same thing and was probably doing something similar. And, um, you know, I had a couple people that entered my life in books that I read and other things that happened kind of along that way that helped me to understand that wasn't the only way and there could be a different way and um, thankfully I, I started to listen to some of those people and do some of those things and that's kind of put me where I am today. Was there a moment that you were like, wait a minute, what am I doing? Was there a turning point for you? How did that come about? Yeah, it's a good question. I, I think my personality style is uh, if I'm not getting challenged, I get bored pretty fast. So I went through a bunch of different jobs that seemed pretty unrelated. I used to do um, recruiting for IT professionals, so people who are programmers and 
SAP and PeopleSoft specialists. This is back like in the, the, the late 90s. Uh, and then I was doing stuff related to sports. I was I worked in professional sports for um, the Philadelphia Flyers and the 76ers. And I was doing advertising sales and, and promotional sales and things like that and helping sponsor concerts. And I got to meet a bunch of athletes and, and um, concert, uh, a bunch of singers and bands and stuff like that. It was really cool. But it was not conducive to a family life. And so I was like, oh, mm-hmm. I can't do this forever. Then I found myself selling drugs out of the back of my car uh, <laughs> for, for a pharmaceutical company. And, um, and I was doing really well there. And I was, you know, winning, winning all the awards and going on the trips. And you know, I had a company car and a pension and a 401k and all that stuff. But, yeah, there was a point in there because I did that for about 12 years. That was the longest I was ever at one, you know, doing one thing. And there was a couple spots in there where I'm like, what am I doing? Like every single day, it's like Groundhog Day, it's just the same thing over and over. Like, is this it? Is this, is this what I'm going to do forever? And uh, I don't know why I started asking those questions, but I just kind of felt like even though I was successful by almost everybody else's measurement of success, I just didn't feel like I was doing what I'm supposed to be doing on the planet. Um, and so that's where my discovery uh, path started. I was like, okay, what... How, how can I get out of this? What should I be reading? What should I be paying attention to? So I started opening my eyes to other books and other input and other conferences and things that I should probably start looking into to see how I could start living big or doing something different. I think, I'm not sure I would call it living big at the time, but I just I needed something different for me because it just was not congruent with my, what I wanted to do in the world, I guess. So as you look back at that time, how did you even know where to start? I mean, if you've just been living this one script this whole time, but you knew you were unfulfilled, what's the first thing that you did? That's a, that's a wonderful question. Um, <laughs> is that actually a book I read called The Four-Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss. That was back in 2008, I think that book came out. I read it like probably the first day it came out. And um, I didn't know Tim, I, nobody knew Tim. He kind of was new on the scene, but I just happened across it. You know, I had a lot of spare time in my day working that kind of job. So I would, you know, go into bookstores and just kind of thumb through things. And this was in the new release section. And uh, so I started reading it. I'm like, oh my gosh, wait, there's a different way. Cause that whole is about, you know, how can you be efficient and effective and put systems and processes in place so that you don't have to do all this mundane routine stuff all the time you can actually do fun stuff that you're good at uh, and let the systems take care of that stuff so that was kind of an eye-opening experience on top of right about that same time my wife uh, my beautiful wife Carla knew that I was looking for something else and she gifted me the um, coaching program so there was a guy named Garrett White and some people may recognize his name now but people didn't really know who he was back then Garrett J. White, and he was one of my coaches that I had, as well, along with Brett Harward, through a coaching program for about six months. So, and they were helping me unpack kind of what I wanted to do and what was going on. And it was a good one-two punch because Brett was kind of the loving, caring guy, and Garrett was kind of the punchy in the face guy. And uh, <laughs> between the two of them and the calls and the conversations I had with them, and, uh, I realized that it was time to do something different, and I needed to start mapping out a plan. So. That was kind of the, the big aha moment for me of, okay, life is going to be different now. Like, there's, there's no turning back. We need to set a path forward, and let's make this thing happen. 
Wow. So was your, so obviously your wife must have been on board if she gifted you a coaching package. Um, yeah, I think she, she definitely was. I don't think she knew what it was going to look like or <laughs> what that meant, really, <laughs> to be honest. But I think she knew. And, and we had gone back and forth. So I need to share this. We, we had gone back and forth with our careers and the things that we were doing where one of us would kind of flex to the other one and say, okay, you go, you know, go on your exploration or do whatever it is you need to do. And um, she decided she wanted to go back and get her doctorate in physical therapy. And so during that time, I kind of just put some of my stuff on hold to help run the family and make sure you know the house was taken care of and all that kind of stuff. So she could double down on that kind of stuff because she was still working full time. And then when she you know, stopped doing that, then she said, okay, now it's your turn. So yeah, we have gone back and forth with each other, supporting uh, each other on our journeys, but I don't think she knew fully what this one was gonna turn into. Um, it, it's had some interesting points to it, but I, I think looking back on it, we're both very thankful that it happened the way it did. Wow. Well, so for, for people that are listening, so they're hearing your story about how you recognize that what you were doing maybe wasn't the thing that was that was uh, most fulfilling or or you know feeding your soul however you want to put that and so you started taking some small steps when did you take a big step or what did your first maybe a better question is what did your first big step look like well for me I started going to conferences so I was working full-time for this pharmaceutical company and I would use my vacation days to go to personal development conferences and go get certified in a whole bunch of stuff like uh, professional coaching and leadership development and how to build your business online and all this stuff. So I was using a fair amount of my vacation time to go do that, which again is a sacrifice because that only left X amount of time to spend that with my family on vacation. So that was kind of the, the, the first step, but I think the biggest step and most of your listeners will probably be able to relate to this. The biggest step is when I confided in my boss at the time, my manager at my corporate job, that I didn't think I wanted to continue to do that. And I had this idea and I asked for her support and I was shocked at how awesome she was. So shout out to Tiffany Elias for being really awesome about the whole thing because she's like, okay, fine, I'm gonna help you however I can. And if that means you leave here, then fine, let's figure out how to make that happen and let's make it as awesome for both of us as possible. And so I think that was the biggest moment was approaching her and saying like, okay, I'm not going to be here forever. Uh, I'm not saying I want to leave right now, but I do want to put an exit strategy in place. And she was very awesome. So I know a lot of people are fearful of sharing that with their employers and you have to be delicate about mm-hmm. it. And you have to know what your situation is. I'm not recommending everybody does that, but that mm-hmm. was a situation for me that I was like, okay, um, I can't keep hiding. I can't keep doing this on the fly. I can't like, it's, very, it's getting very tiresome to wear two hats. To wear, mm-hmm. the, hey, I'm a good corporate guy during the day, and then on my side hustle, like, hey, I don't want to do this corporate thing anymore. So mm-hmm. getting in unison with that was one of the biggest steps I had to take. And then once I was congruent with that, it made it a lot easier to do all the other stuff I started to do. Wow, I, I can imagine that you probably just had a huge sigh of relief after you had that conversation. And then with her being so supportive, I mean, let's just be real here. <laughs> A lot of companies 
don't have that level of leadership because they operate out of scarcity or fear, you know, of how it's going to impact them and maybe not what's in the best interest of, of both of them and their employee. So that, what a great experience. Yeah, Tiffany was awesome and so awesome that um, I, since I was working on my professional speaking and getting on stages and working on my presentation skills, she would sell it up the chain of command to say, hey, at this national conference, you should let Dave speak in one of the breakout sessions. And it turns out that I even spoke from one of the main stages at a na- national conference in front of 6,000 of my colleagues across the country. So, um, you know, I wasn't getting paid anything additional for that, but what a wonderful way to get mm-hmm. good on their dime, if you will. So, again, her support was, was really awesome. And I know a lot of people being in a situation where they can't do that or, or they're afraid of doing that, they're afraid of sharing that with their employer. Um, so if you're going to do that, you have to be prepared that they may say, you know what, thanks, but no thanks. Um, here's your two weeks, seven, see you later. Right. So like, that's a very scary thing. I fully understand that. Um, just mm-hmm. happened in my case, it worked out pretty well. You know, on the, on the flip side of that, I've been in a situation with that with a previous employer when, um, the, it was hard to do both the side hustle and keep everything up and, I wasn't prepared to have their conversation, but it came up in conversation and and they actually asked me to stop my side hustle and that pushed me forward. They didn't terminate me, but, and I stayed on for months and months after that, um, but it pushed me forward and within about three months after that conversation, I went to them requesting an exit plan because it, it made me, it made me even more driven to pursue the things you know, that, that, that fed my soul. And um, so, yeah, there's all kinds of ways that conversation can go, but um, it all, I don't know, I just feel like things kind of work out like they're supposed to when you look back at it, even if at the time uh, you, you don't see that it's positive. I was a little devastated when I had that conversation, but looking back, it, it kind of is what propelled me forward because I was I was stuck and kind of comfortable in being stuck. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I yeah. had a very comfortable life. We we used to call it the the, the company's colors were uh, teal. Uh, their main color was teal. We used to call it the teal handcuffs because we were very comfortable. Like I said, I was going on um, vacations, trips, and stuff, or winning awards and sales awards, and had a pension mm-hmm. and a company car and a matching 401k and all this stuff. And so, yeah, really, they make it very hard for you to leave. Like, people thought I was insane Mm -hmm. that I even wanted to leave there. So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, those are tough conversations to navigate. But I think at some point, to to your point, you got to have them. And whether they go south or they work out or somewhere in between, that you you just have to have that happen because it's hard to to put all of your energies into being two different people because that's essentially what you have to do when you're in that situation. Mm -hmm. Well, and you reach a point in your side hustle where that can start to impact, you know, your, your daytime job too. If you, if, you know, and it's not fair to work for someone and and not be able to give your all either, I don't think. And, you know, I think having that conversation is the, is the right thing to do. But, but so moving forward then, when, when you did step out, 
Well, what what was your exit plan? Like, not details, but like time frame wise. And then how did you know what you were going to do when you left? Because I meet a lot of people, and I know I have a lot of listeners that are very passionate about maybe 15 things or, or five things, and they don't know what direction to go. So how did you how did you narrow that down? So I had about an 18 month plan that I put in place uh, where I said, okay, I want to leave here by then. And it just worked out too. So mm-hmm. that the, comp- the company was going to downsize the sales force. I knew it was coming. The writing was on the wall. And so I started playing mm-hmm. towards, can I volunteer to leave when they downsize and perhaps mm-hmm. get a package on the way out, right? So I'm trying to play to the best case scenario. And it turns out that it worked almost to the best case scenario. It was pretty good. But so I had this 18 month plan in place. And what I started doing was Use, again, using my vacation time, this time instead of going to conferences and things like that, I would use my vacation time to go out and do what I wanted to do, which is leadership training, consulting, helping people unleash their awesome. I would go to other companies for paid on-site facilitation days. So what I put in place for me, just as my own kind of personal firewall, was I wasn't going to do anything in healthcare, so not anything related to anything that I was doing. So I stayed out of those industries altogether, healthcare and pharma and medical device and I focused on mm-hmm. other industries like software and um, the financial sector and the energy sector and I was going in doing leadership training and consulting because I had been certified to teach a fair amount of content from a bunch of different leadership organizations and so I was just you know what I would do in my spare time was call these companies or, or get on LinkedIn and make relationships with people that were in HR saying hey do you need any leadership training consulting you want, you know, like a day training or whatever. And I leaned on some of my old contacts. So I went in, I trained the Philadelphia Flyers entire front office. I did a two-day leadership thing with them. Um, and they, it was paid. So that was great. So it was helping me get better. It was helping with proof of concept. Uh, and it was also helping me build out my resume, if you will, because I was saying, listen, I, you know, I'm training uh, NHL, you know, professional sports front office. I was over here at Wells Fargo training them. I was over here at Verizon training them. Like, I know what I'm doing. These people are paying me to come in. So it's helping me um, prove to myself that I knew what I was doing. And then when mm-hmm. I started getting paid for it, I was like, okay, this is, now I know I can leave if I want because the value is there. I'm providing the value. I'm getting paid. It's time to go. So it made me more bold in the conversations I was having at my day job mm-hmm. because if it ever came to the point where they're like, okay, you know what, we're, this is it. You got to go. I was like, okay, fine. Because I had built up enough confidence and realization that I could make this thing work because I had some money coming in that uh, mm-hmm. that we could make that happen. But let's let's also be fair here. I, I was also taking a fair amount of my bonus that I got each year and socking it away for something mm-hmm. like this so that if I needed to leave and not have the income that I was accustomed to, I could rely on that for a few months. Absolutely. Yeah, that planning piece is vital. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely vital. Anytime you're making a big change like that, yeah. yeah. Hmm. And I think, so, so this goes against conventional wisdom. Sorry to interrupt you. You know, a lot of people no, will hear this concept with you of like, jump and build your wings on the way down. And people mm-hmm. hear that and they're like, okay, cool. Let's just give it all up right now. Let's pull a Cortez and burn the boats. And <laughs> man, if, if you have a family and a mortgage and financial responsibility mm-hmm. and car payment. Like, no, you can't do that. You have to right. do what I call build your ship as you sail it. So 
get in the water, mm-hmm. start putting your boat together, be a little less violent than jumping and building your wings on the way down, have a plan in place, start making some money, and then once you realize that that's, you're good to go, then perhaps you could go a little faster. But I think people hear that advice sometimes, and they're like, hell yeah, let's just stop everything and go do this thing. I'm like, whoa. I'm not sure your family is going to be on board with that if it goes south. So just make sure you get that <laughs> Right. Absolutely. The, I, I love that saying, build your ship as you sail it. I don't think I've ever heard that. So I like that. So when you first left, then it sounds like you were doing more speaking type things and maybe some training type things. So, But now you're like the digital marketing mentorship guy so how does how does that happen great question so and <laughs> funny thing that you would say that because i still have leadership training consulting business that yes. i'm on site with with companies i don't know six seven days a month but that is all referral based now and pretty much runs itself you know people mm-hmm. because i got involved in the software industry software has pretty high turnover from company to company and so when mm-hmm. these new startups happen in New York City, people are like, hey, we need a leadership guy. And I, I get the call because um, I live in New Jersey, not far from there. So that kind of runs itself now, which is great. I don't have to spend a lot of time marketing it. I have a good established book of business running there. But what happened was, as I was building my side hustle working at this pharmaceutical company, I had to get super smart about building my audience, my tribe, my email list, which you hear me talk about all the time. And mm-hmm. Uh, I was using these digital resources to be able to make this happen. Tools like, at the time, Entreport and Lead Pages and MailChimp and all these things. And so that's how I was able to successfully leave corporate America with a pretty solid book of business because I was building my tribe and my audience online as I went. And so other people who are in a similar situation, they want to do the kind of stuff that I'm doing they started asking me how are you doing that and I would field calls like I just take one-on-one calls with people and say here's what I'm doing I'm using this tool or that tool or whatever and then lots of people started asking me those questions because other people that were asking me were also having success and they were like yeah I talked to this Dave guy so it got to the point where I just couldn't answer those questions all the time so I built this set up this Facebook group digital marketing membership with Dave Gamble and the premise behind it initially was just I want to help all these people, but I can't possibly take one-on-one calls all day. So let me just answer <laughs> the most frequent questions that I get. And it, you know, for a while it was just a couple hundred people in there, and they're like, "Okay, thanks, Dave. This is great." But it's blossomed into. Last I looked, there's over 2,100 people in there, and mm-hmm. some of it is new people just coming on, and so they need to hear some of the stuff I was talking about years ago. But some of it is people have grown along with me and their their businesses. And as I grow my business, I have new challenges and I have to find new solutions. And so I share those in the group. But that's really how that transition happened. I just, a lot of people kept asking me. And and for those of you listening, if you have people asking you about something, especially if multiple people from multiple spheres of influence are asking you a similar question, you probably have a business. Because that's what started happening. People who I met from this conference would ask me, and then people I met at some other event I went to would ask me. People back from my pharmaceutical days were asking me. People in my kids' PTO were asking me, like all these questions. Like I see you online all the time. How are you doing that? You can't possibly be on LinkedIn all day. How are you? Like how, how do you do this stuff? And I was like, okay, wait a second. If everybody's asking this, nobody's giving them answers. So I could be the guy that gives them answers. And that's mm-hmm. kind of how it happened. 
Wow. The, there's so many tools and things that I have learned from you that, you know, I've gone to leadership conferences and I've gone to different certifications and, and they may give you the content and, and the access to things, but then when you go to try to implement that and know what to do and, I mean, things as, as simple as how to uh, save time by scheduling, you know, using a scheduling system. I didn't even know scheduling systems existed eight months ago. I had no idea. And that's, those, those things are life-changing when you're, when you're building a business. And just um, understanding the, the psychology of, of, of helping people and giving true value to people. And I know a fear of mine has been coming across slimy when I am telling people about what my products are and what I have to share. And you, you take people step by step through all the different phases of, of forming those relationships and adding value and not being salesy because you're really just giving away the value that you have. And, and there's nothing slimy about that. So I, I know I personally have benefited so much from being part of your circle. And if any of you listening um, are thinking about growing a business or even just taking a leap and um, maybe not in a big way, but just maybe moving in the direction of something that you love. And Dave is a great person just to be connected to, not only because of what he teaches, but the people in his tribe are phenomenal. And it's a very collaborative atmosphere where you can have questions about pretty much anything and there'll be someone in there that's an expert or has done it or can spend five minutes on the phone with you and, and, and help you. The, the group there is, is highly beneficial for whatever you're building and whatever direction you're going towards living a big life. So, awesome. David, <laughs> thank you. Thank you for being on today. And, and um, I don't want to cut you off, definitely, if you have anything else. I mean, is there anything top of mind for you um, as we start to close, but anything that you would share with somebody that is thinking, I'm stuck where I am, I don't know what to do next, um, and I, I like this idea of living big, but I'm not even sure where to start. Yeah, that's a great question, and thank you for asking it. And I think maybe this will be the reward for anybody who's endured listening to me for this long. Here's your <laughs> bonus that you get. This is, this is it. This could be the life-changing piece right here. As you are looking to go live life bigger, you need to make sure that you are finding consistent people who are outside of your comfort zone, who are doing the things that you want to do, who have shown that they can do this stuff, you need to start leaning into them, to taking their courses, to going to their conferences, to reading their books, to listen to their podcasts, because what will happen is you will start to share this with people that are in your current comfort zone, in your job, and maybe even your family. And as soon as you try to poke your head up and say, hey, I want to do this thing. I know it's scary and new and different, but I want to go do it. The people who love and care for you and the people that are in your current circles will do what I call whack-a-mole. It's like that game you see at the arcade where the little heads pop up and you smash them with a hammer, right? You, you are like the mole. You start to pop your head out of your cubicle. Or you start to pop your head out of your current existence. And everybody else around you will smash you with that hammer and knock you back down. Because they'll say, you know, who are you, who are you to think that you could do that? 
and why would you want to go do that and have it so good here and that's the dumbest thing I ever heard it's because those people are comfortable in their existence and they're going to get a little bit uncomfortable with you playing bigger living bigger and so they will mm -hmm. always do it consciously some people will unfortunately do it consciously but most people will subconsciously start to sabotage you by not giving you great advice and honestly why are you going to ask somebody how to live a big life why are you going to ask somebody that's not living a big life how to live a big life right like I always say like if you mm -hmm. take financial advice from your neighbor those people are always going to be your neighbor right unless they're a financial advisor mm -hmm. and they go off someplace else like you're just going to have the same kind of like okay you're just going to look the same thing and do the same thing all the time so you have to be smart about who you're sharing your dream with and who you're getting input from because the the pull to have you come back to your comfort zone is going to be the strongest thing you've ever felt in your entire life and you've got to make sure there's people outside of that that are helping pull you out if that's really what it is you want to do so i'm glad that i had good coaches and mentors and podcasts and books and all these things and i was always putting them in my head every free second of the day listening to podcasts and audiobooks and all this stuff because i knew that the status quo was going to be strong and try to pull me back in and i had to make sure that i had a consistent plan to have people who were living a big life speaking into my life that is fantastic advice dave so i feel like i don't even need to wrap it up with some teaching points here but i always do so i'm going to be consistent i have four main things I pulled out from all the nuggets Dave is dropping here. So if you haven't taken notes, this is a great time to get out your pen and paper and write these down. Number one, be mindful of the script that you're living. So sometimes we can feel unsettled and we don't even know why. So start thinking about that. If you feel unsettled, just spend some time and and think on that and understand the things in your life that maybe you're not happy about number two seek out people who are doing life in a big way so that doesn't mean you have to fly across the world or across the country to find them you can go online you can listen to podcasts you can watch youtube videos you can read books you can uh, go to local groups and organizations, or you can get involved with groups and organizations online. I mean, the world is at your fingertips with the internet. Number three, have a plan and build your ship as you sail it, step by step. You don't have to know all the plan, but one thing at a time, do the one next thing that's in front of you. And number four, surround yourself and take advice from people that look more like your future than your past so dave thank you thank you so much for being here today i really appreciate your time and i know the listeners will be very excited to connect with you so can you tell us the very best way that that we can stay in touch with you thank you bethany it's been awesome great use of my time today i'm glad i got to share with your audience yeah, the best way to find me would be my digital marketing mentorship group. So you mentioned it before, but if you just go to gamble.com slash DMM, stands for Digital Marketing Mentorship, you'll be able to find me on Facebook. And honestly, if you just search me on Google, uh, it's not hard to find me. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Instagram. I'm all over the place. There's not many guys named Dave Gamble out there. So um, find me, connect with me. I'm, I'm happy to, to chat with you and help you however I can. But I think a lot of the, the questions that people will have are answered and being answered every single day in that Facebook group. So I would encourage you to come join us over there. 
Great. Well, thanks everyone for listening today. And don't forget to subscribe so you never miss a dialed in episode. And if you want even easier access right to your inbox, go to bethanyclim.com and just sign up to be an insider and you'll never be left out of the loop. So until next time, take action, live big and stay dialed in.